Fired it up. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the Cars Unfiltered podcast. We have a full house again today. Well, again, finally, because it's been what? Sal's been gone for three episodes, two episodes, two or three episodes, and Sal is back. I am. I made it back across. There is nothing quite as exhilarating as telling a border crossing person you visited the north of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> You're an American citizen that speaks fluent Spanish. There's n- their imagination can go nowhere. That wall's not up yet. It didn't stop you coming back. Exactly. Did you, as you were pulling away, did you have the window rolled down and just like yelled, Andale, Andale? Uh, I took an airplane, Tom. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not need my mule to cross this time. <laughs> Next time he Next might, time. but for now he's all right. Good, good, good. Well, yeah, definitely don't take me with you anytime you come across. <laughs> Send me in a separate form of transportation. Tom acts nervous in front of authority figures. <laughs> or there's yeah, I either act way too nervous or way too comfortable. There's no happy medium. <laughs> there's no inconspicuous medium for me. <laughs> so yeah, so we have uh, myself, Tom. We have uh, Mike. Yep. We have Adam. Oh yeah. And we have Sal back again. So, um, I just wanted to get, I wanted to start this off and just get my boring piece of information out of the way. I, I don't know if the listeners think like it's boring, but, um, the general consensus here aside from me is that it's boring. So I said last week that I was going to get, um, a copy of this unknown document or not an unknown, this, uh, Public Act document from Michigan, Public Act 136 of 1978, which is basically the inception of our expensive car insurance, um, not I could not find it anywhere on the internet. Nobody had posted it. And literally, I talked to the Michigan uh, Records um, Office, library, um, I forget what it's called now, the Library Records Office, and they were able to actually send me a PDF of it over, and it took about 15 minutes, which was kind of insane. I did it on like a portion of my lunch break. So we're going to be looking at that and posting that up on to I, th- I think we're going to be the first ones to post this document online um, it's, it's actually I, public act 136 tom what i say i think, I think you said 138 uh, 136 of 1978 oh yeah okay yeah, okay Sorry. Well, maybe i did i don't know what i said but, um, <laughs> but anyways clarification 136 of 1978 Yep. Um, and so I I couldn't find it anywhere else on the internet, so we'll be the first ones to post that so people can read it. And yeah, we haven't read it yet, though, so we'll see. Because you know what Ricky Bobby said, Tom, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we Except need, we in need my more movie case. reference. We need more car movie references in this podcast. It's true. I need like a movie. Streets moon. closed. Pizza Boy, take another way home. What? (laughs) Story of my life. (laughs) So, also in uh, in quick news, the top of your test track is being demolished to make way for houses. Fastest round, fastest roundabouts in the UK. Wasn't wasn't that an airport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an old RAF uh, airbase. From from World War II, I believe. Um, but yeah, I guess the uh, the cities have finally expanded their way out there. I mean, I have Sal would probably know this better because he's actually been to England, whereas I have never been. Mm. 
over there. So I think I think the population has grown to the point where they're tearing down old things for new things. That's an, that's an accurate statement. It's also it's also very uh, on a complete side note. It's also very weird to be in a place where like they're like, oh, this is where this happened in World War II. What about in the U.S.? It's like mm, outside of Pearl Harbor, they didn't really touch us. So <laughs> I mean, we got we got a couple statues saying that it happened, but there's no uh, like there's still bombs buried underneath uh, Europe. So that's a bit more frightening, but uh, yeah, and they're actually they're going to call it Runway Park too, which is uh, interesting. Yeah, seeing as how they're going to be tearing up the runway. I mean, wouldn't you? So, like if, let's say, wouldn't that have been a selling point for the houses if you could just keep that runway and then you could use it as a drag strip whenever you wanted? I mean, if they were trying I'm to sell the say, yes. If they don't take the opportunity to name some of the streets in this subdivision Clarkson Street may avenue <laughs> there, it's the, just uh, a i can't lot. think of it or any... i think they should keep gambon corner yeah you yeah know? some of those yeah some of the turns or something <laughs> yeah actually yeah. they should have just named it stigville that's what they should have done yeah. <laughs> actually some of the corners from the track it looks like are going to be like walkable paths for a park so oh yeah so they are going to keep a few of them yeah so if any of the homeowners have like you know kind of like a rally car or something they might be able to uh relive some <laughs> top gear moments sweet drifts on rollerblades they'll, they'll sneak out there you know so their neighbors can report Did you just the, use the word sweet and rollerblades in the same sentence <laughs> they're coming back everything everything comes back full circle we gotta wait for the roller skate to come back first so then the rollerblades oh, will be in i just noticed something that i don't think was mentioned in the articles that i saw about it but this community Back over around where the uh, like the workshops and stuff were for the Top Gear, you know, like they they worked on cars and stuff like at the track. It's now going to be turned into a solar farm. <laughs> How Oof. exciting! Sacrilege! Oof. Sacrilege! Oof. Well, they'll just have to bring back what was the name of that uh, that electric car they made? GF. Yeah, they'll just have to bring. They'll just have to bring back Jeff. I bet you their Tesla is a Tesla solar farm. Oh, double whammy, triple. I don't know. Yeah, but it's it's kind of a it's a weird spot for environmentalists. It's like, yeah, they're turning stuff down to put a solar farm, but they're also going to cover a ton of land that could have been greenery for solar panels. <laughs> Actually, you know you know what else I just figured out. So looking at the structure for the houses, like the pathways and everything, right? Like the roundabouts mm-hmm. and everything. This looks like an amoeba. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it looks like it looks uh, a little phallic from, the top, <laughs> which, which probably would have been the ultimate nod to the Top Gear guys. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't really get that from it. It's like the Austin Powers. Oh, is that a rocket ship? It kind of looks like a weird, uh, a weird guy with walking with arms and two really big legs. That, that doesn't look like the big boy. No, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, another like, movie reference twice. Jeez. But the Grand Tour has the Ebola drone track, right? And so this, I don't know. Maybe there's like this new thing about naming racetracks after bacteria. But it's it's not going to be a racetrack, Tom. Remember? <laughs> it was anything's once a racetrack if you try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Anything can be a racetrack if you try hard enough. More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> So that was what my else segue we... to Glenwood, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, that's, that was actually a pretty good segment. segue, yeah, now that we're thinking about it. <laughs> oh, so, Adam, what, what's, this, uh, what's this info about Glenwood? 
Okay, well, we got to be careful, guys. Okay, this is a sensitive subject. So, just wanted to... Okay. I I don't know much more than the headline. And apparently, I am not a subscriber to the Denver Post. So, that's about all I can read. I've got got access to it. (laughs) No, so, well, I mean, I don't know. As I read it, it says, Mustang driver hits 150 miles per hour outside of Glenwood Springs. Trooper give... Troopers give up chase. Support journalism in Colorado for ninety nine cents for the first month. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but that's that's a win, right? Because it didn't crash into a crowd. So, I mean, they got a leg leg up there. They said one hundred and fifty miles an hour. They did not say how many curbs it jumped. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know why you guys don't have access to this, but apparently, I do. And uh, basically, yeah, an unknown motorist was outside of Glenwood Springs, Colorado, on Interstate 70, in an older model Mustang, which could mean just about anything. We're on, what, Generation 6 now at this point? Something like that. Yeah, it's got to be 6 or 7. Um, doing 140 miles an hour on, like I say, Interstate 70, about 10 miles west of Glenwood Springs. Um, so, yeah, apparently he didn't slow down when the troopers turned on their lights, because why would you if you're doing 140? Right. <laughs> You just them and they quit. This is this is the part to me that's like so Mustang. Is like, oh, he was doing. They clocked him doing one forty, and he sped up and outran them at one fifty. So <laughs> he went ten miles an hour faster. The, the puzzling I mean, part to me I, is a. I'm not entirely sure that a stock Mustang GT can hit 150 miles an hour. Well, it well it, it depends on the generation. Uh, right. I got a 2014 and I'm fairly certain I'd be pretty scared to take that baby up over like 130 maybe. Yeah, that the most I've ever hit. I'm just going to for for complete reference sake, <laughs> right? In uh the most that I have ever theoretically hit in, in my 65 <laughs> allegedly. 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 At the salt flats in Bonneville. Yeah, yes, 100% on a closed course yeah. somewhere. Uh <laughs> was about 130 but that was with a pretty heavily tuned uh 289 and a five speed mm-hmm. right i mean it's i'm not saying that it was a, a high power mill but it's not like it was a stock engine yeah by any stretch of the imagination uh, come to think about it, i have uh again allegedly on a closed racetrack with a professional driver in the side seat with a helmet and all that good stuff may have hit about 110 in the, I'll say stock car, but it makes it sound like a NASCAR car. It was a, a passenger <laughs> car. So, yeah, maybe. But also, 140 doesn't sound like something a policeman should be scared of hitting on an it, interstate. Well, But I, I have a, a, my well, sneaking suspicion is that they weren't going with the flow of traffic at the time. So they had to, either, even if they were, right? So they're doing 70 miles no, an hour on a highway. They have to like, accelerate to 140 to begin with. The police with. do 70 miles an hour no. on a regular street here. <laughs> no, like, I, I, read the, I read more of the article earlier, okay? So here's, here's the way I understood it, okay? There was no traffic on the road, okay? <laughs> well, the, yeah, the cop, of course. The cop said that, or the chief or whoever, like, said that there was no traffic. The reason that the reason they broke so, off the chase is because they wanted to save the the guy the guy they were worried for the guy who was running for his life. They're afraid that he would get in a crash because it was a Mustang and he would get killed. 
<laughs> so they broke it off and just let it go. So he would just slow down, not be suicidal, apparently, in their mind, and just so, walk away. So the chances are that that driver watched Tokyo Drift and said, hmm, in Tokyo Drift, they said the cops won't chase you get over 120. Yeah, and sure exactly. enough, his thesis was proved out. So I mean, if they want to find him, they just have to search Facebook for people talking about that in the in the Colorado area. Man, like it's true. If you go over one twenty, they 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 leave you alone. I do also like how they said that the car was so nondescript and they couldn't read the license plate. Yeah, they don't know. They don't have anything on this car. They don't have any <laughs> idea what this is. It was an older model Mustang. Is all we know. Yeah, well, they for did, all we know, Steve McQueen was driving it. Yeah, there was a, a one publication and it was written like in all honesty too. like, like I, I, I'm a little bit torn because, you know, part of me, I'm like, yeah, it's dumb. The dude is driving that fast, but like they, it sounds like it, like as far as scenarios go, like it was an open straight road. It was no traffic, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know the police, the police can't really endorse that type of behavior, but I, I like everybody's like dissing on this guy and talking about like, you know, how stupid and stuff he was and everything. And quite, you know, like if you don't have access to like good facilities, that's probably about as safe as you can go. But just well, as a clarifying statement, carsunfiltered.com or any of its entities do not endorse <laughs> going 150 miles an hour on the speed. Observe all speed limits, kids. Please, please send any complaints to Tom. You're an idiot at Carson. <laughs> no, I do. I do see where you're going with that, though, Tom. Right? It's like it's 12:30 in the morning. There's no one on the roads. I mean, we've all been in a, a similar situation where you're cruising a little bit above the speed limit, right? But there's no one around, and you get pulled over by the cops. Um, in in this case, like, yeah, it's safer just to kind of let the guy go. So I do understand that. Um, I will say also, to the cops' credit. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go I was ahead. gonna say to the cops' credit, like this is one of the first times where I've. So well, okay. <laughs> I, I was gonna give the cops credit, and then I just realized, like maybe it's not really, it's not really worthy. But usually, when you see these people in these high speed chases, right? Like there's like a stream of cop cars. It's in a residential area. And it's like danger, danger, danger all the, over the place. And I was going to say, okay, well, in this case, like they let the guy go probably, you know, for the best, you know, just to keep everybody safe, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but then I was like, like, this is the, this would have been their opportunity to like go and chase them in a pretty safe environment. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. They could, they could have called mean, ahead. They could have got the chopper in yeah. front of him and they could have had roadblock ready. Yeah. This was their yeah, opportunity yeah. for like a real high speed chase where they could catch the suspect. Right. Yeah, this was and their like time they could for them to blast danger zone through the speaker system, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just floor it. Which, yep. if I were a cop, I would have taken that opportunity uh, with gusto. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would have had Bob over there going, you know, his like Schwarzenegger impersonation, like get to the chopper. Like it could have been a good time, <laughs> but uh, they, they, I don't know, let him go. And I mean, I don't know. Oh, man. Well, in the we risk of saying it. anything else yeah. dumb, I feel like we should probably move on. <laughs> anything else liable or Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. since we've got uh, since we've got Sal back. Oh, boy. And he's recently been working on 
a, a small fuel efficient engine program oh boy. for Ford. What about these uh, the rollback for cafe standards? Oh man! What's so your, what's can you explain what that is? Somebody want to explain what that is just real quick? From a very high level, right, basically what happened was that there was an agreement between a bunch of different countries that said that they were going to raise car emissions. I think the average emissions had to be about 54 miles per gallon for your fleet, meaning the average of all your vehicles, uh, including electric and hybrid, which complicates it, by uh, like 2020, I think was the the goal. Um, And basically what they're talking about is the current administration is trying to roll back on that, saying uh, they don't have to meet it. I have... A lot of thoughts and not a lot of answers on this, right? Because the so basically the argument that's made from the automakers is it costs a lot of money, which it does. You working for a car company, you wouldn't imagine the amount of money that we invest for like a two percent gain in fuel efficiency. It's it's pretty unreal, right? Because, what, well, just to go along to yeah. complement that statement, right? The reason there's many reasons behind that. One of them is because of uh, increased weight due to vehicle safety, which have vehicles right. have to be more safe to meet the the standards for crash tests and whatnot. Um, people like larger vehicles now. So instead of going with a small car, right, we're, we're talking about crossovers and SUVs and things, and you still have to try and make the fuel economy. Um, and then just internal combustion engines in general aren't terribly efficient at converting raw fuel to, you know, power. So it, it's not an easy thing to gain 2% on a, a steady annual basis. And while keeping car costs down, right? But so th- this article's claim, and, and I'll say again, I don't, I'm not a markets person. I'm not a marketing person. Um, but basically the claim is that if they remove it, basically the article from a high level is saying that their automakers are going to get lazy and are going to stop innovating. And then we're going to have another gas crisis. Price is going to go up and the big three are going to fall behind uh, the other companies that have already internally committed to doing it, whether they're standards or not. Which has historically been true. Yes, but I'd like to think that we, meaning the big three American companies, are smarter than that at this point. We would hope. I feel like that's a lot of credit. <laughs> that is a lot of credit. But, but what are you going to do, right? I mean, the, I don't, like I said, I have a, a lot of questions about this and not a lot of solutions, right? Because the problem is that let's say you don't meet the 54, right? And this was what happened before. It, it got brought down once already because we weren't going to be able to meet it. By we, we weren't the only company that wasn't going to be able to meet it. Um, and our volume is in the United States, which typically people don't want to buy small vehicles, right? So if you look at some of the the Japanese market vehicles that are smaller, people in Japan aren't buying pickup trucks. So inherently, their volume seller is going to be a more efficient vehicle. Yeah, but now you have a more economically uh, stable and uh, and it basically, uh, China is in a better position than they have been historically, well, right? So, so now where whereas the U.S. was. Uh, used to call the shots, yeah. right? Because it was the, historically the world's largest auto market. It's not anymore, right? I mean, it may still be for another year or two, but it's not going to be long before China surpasses U.S. vehicle sales, right? And China can unilaterally apply these standards to every automaker in its country because they're not a democracy. They can just say, hey, this is what we're going to do, and that's what everybody has to do. But they can do that already, and we don't wake up to smog so thick that you can't see your hands right but well we produce a lot of not not just us but like 
GM produces all the Buicks in China and ships them to the States, right? Not a yeah. large number gets shipped to the yeah. States anymore, but some of that kind of stuff happens, right? As far as Ford was concerned, the Focus was was slated to be, is slated to be built in China and we're shipping those to the States. So if they have to conform to the standard in China, but then a different standard in the States, it increases the costs associated with two separate yeah. powertrains, basically. So, well... So important distinction though too. Okay, um, passenger cars. The ca- so on Wikipedia, um, the cafe site for Wikipedia, it's two different standards for passenger cars. Well, okay, there's four different standards here. There's small footprint passenger cars, like large footprint. I'm this isn't the actual category. I'm just making this up. But there's four different categories: large footprint passenger cars, and then there's for light trucks. There's like S10s and full size. Okay, now. For 2025, the F-150 CAFE standard is that it needs to do um, 30 miles a gallon and have a Windows EPA window sticker of 23 miles a gallon, okay? The uh, 20, you know, the cars, the, like... Yeah. What? That's combined. That's combined. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. And so for cars, it is more aggressive, but, like, in their light car category, so, like, they give an example of a 2011 Honda Fit. Okay, um, in 2025, that size car, which is uh, footprint is 41 square feet or smaller, um, that needs to hit 60 miles a gallon cafe standards with a 43 mile per gallon EPA sticker. Yeah, but now if you look at, but that's uh, just before we get too deep into that. That's not the difficulty. Isn't making an individual? I mean, yeah, that is a difficulty. Is making an individual car meet the standards, but the real difficulty right. is it's. Uh, the automakers are judged by their their total vehicles. Overall, so it's a, it's a weighted it's fleet. right. It's called yeah. It's called fleet sales, right? But it's it's the weighted sales of what you build. So for an automaker like Ford, whose bread and butter is the F one fifty, it still has to make a manufacturer's fuel economy rating of like forty five or whatever the average is, right? Which is very hard to do. No, not, when fifty percent no because trucks. like. No, because the light trucks, um, so the F-150 is in its own category, right? So, and F-250s don't even count. Yeah, right. No, I don't yeah, think that's considered that. a heavy duty. No, but, but I think it's, I'm pretty sure, to, and I don't know, I, I the way I understood it in the auto industry from what I studied, so there are individuals for different things, but like if you take that, whatever, the 30 and the 60, right, you're at 45 for the, the company. Mm-hmm. So the company basically ends up having to be at, 45. I thought the number was 52 because I thought it was 55 originally and then 52. But in any case, I think that oh, I think it's the 54. Yeah, I the think. idea that the article was talking about was basically stymieing innovation that'll cause U.S. vehicles to lag behind the rest of the world. And and from my perspective on it, right, and this is when when people talk about as an example of German luxury cars, yes, a Focus is not going to have the same fuel efficiency as a Mercedes because a Mercedes costs two to three times as much, right? So I'd, I had a professor that used to work on the first set of direct inject um, injectors, right? He was doing the research back in like the 80s or whenever it was for direct inject. Um, and he was talking about how at the time, right, or they had direct inject and then there was camless um, valve trains, which now some cars have them, right? Each valve was $1,000. So 
So if you have 12 valves in your engine, you have $12,000 just in the valve mechanism. So his point was you can buy – you put that in a Mercedes and people will pay for it because of Mercedes and your fuel efficiency will be great. You can't put that in a Focus and still make money unless you raise the price of the Focus, right? So I don't think that we lag necessarily in innovation because of lack of ingenuity. I think we lag because of basically pricing, right? We want to have more affordable vehicles. All three of the big three, their major volume sellers are economic vehicles. They're not luxury vehicles. Each of them has their own sect of luxury vehicles where they can price it at whatever they want, right? So the Cadillac flagship that's coming out is going to be 100K plus, which is fine. And you can put whatever technology you can put. If you put an, if you make it electric, then your miles per gallon soars, right? Then obviously you'll meet CAFE standards, but that vehicle is going to be $100,000 and you can't make volume on it. Which means that it doesn't really impact your average for the automaker, for the fleet vehicles. Not right. really. You sell three of those with... 60 miles per gallon as a EPA rating. And it, it doesn't impact anything compared to, I don't even know what Chevy makes now. Like, I don't know. They used to make, a, they used to make a cobalt, but the I, cruise, it, the cruise, cruise yeah, one. right. Which the cruise would be, I mean, the cruise is probably doing pretty good at like 40 or so right now. Yeah. Right. But you're not going to be able to touch the, the kind of thing you could get in a full size sedan out of a hundred thousand dollar Cadillac. And so those are the kind of things where it's, uh, where it's going to hurt. And for people like, uh, like Volkswagen, for example, one, they have a, a massive range of vehicles that they sell, but they also sell a massive amount of small economic, economical cars, which makes their, uh, it, it makes it much easier for them to meet the standards for the automaker than it does for somebody like us who relies on pickup trucks and not to mention volkswagen used to have uh rely on diesel a lot r.i.p diesel yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that raised the record <laughs> so in any case my my gripe with the article wasn't necessarily i understand what they're saying i understand the prepping for a uh increase in gas prices and we're basically going to repeat you know the 2008 crisis what they're worried about but at the same time i don't necessarily agree that ingenuity is going to be cut down that the automakers are going to stop trying to get to those levels, I just think that it's it, it was putting an, a large undue amount of stress, right? And for, from a stock performance, right, stock owners, I'd imagine, right, or shareholders wouldn't want to see just investment, 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 investment in research without any tangible assets for large volume, right? Which was the issue. They're saying that we're investing billions and billions of dollars that are going to get us two miles per gallon more, which is a large victory in our mind, but shareholders aren't going to buy into that, right? I wouldn't buy into it. Yeah. And that's why the stock price is where it is. Exactly. So so that's... <laughs> well, and also... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. I was going to talk about the cruise. So the, the, the cruise is not existent anymore. What we have now is the Chevy Sonic. Or, I'm sorry, what well, we do, but we have the, the Chevy Spark is actually like the baseline. Right. Vehicle. I was thinking that and was that, it, yeah. And that has a 1.4 liter engine that generates at 6,200 RPM a massive amount of uh, horsepower at 98. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you know that, you know that, <laughs> that uh, flathead V8 that's in that truck of mine? 100 horsepower. Yeah. See? Faster than a Sonic <laughs> or a Spark, I mean. Um, 
But it, the spark only gets 39 miles to the gallon. Yeah, I believe it. And I just realized on their I just realized on their website for the spark that I was on the performance <laughs> tab for it, which I find hilarious. Um, oh, the cruise does exist still. I, I'm wrong. The cruise does exist. That's three. So there's the spark. Oh my gosh. This, sorry. I don't know. This is kind of derailing, but like the cruise is three up from the, it's the third yep. like oh, largest vehicle. Me, so there's a spark, the Sonic. You try and rent a car in Mexico. Ooh. Trust me, you'll believe me that there's three ranges below the cruise. <laughs> 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 I had a Fiesta and I was so, five ranges up from the bottom. First level was like bicycle. Yep. <laughs> level two was like donkey it cart. It was a go-kart with a squirrel in a wheel for an engine. <laughs> I would have taken the donkey. Wow. Um, so yeah, they have, so, so here's the thing too. So they have the bolt, right? So Ford, so Ford, Chevy, um actually a lot of the automakers have their electric vehicles right so that's i don't i guess i don't know like how many bolts have been sold the bolt is actually really attractive though like for the stats because it has a 238 mile range but then the problem is the price like i don't know it's weird like they're all just like not quite in the right place all the auto man- the american ma- auto manufacturers as far as like evs are concerned are just like in a really bizarre well, but place. where but and just but not name quite. a name a uh, a non-domestic that's in the right quote-unquote place for ev um oh so um so like an import yeah, car like, like would you buy a leaf uh, i would leave for a prius I would buy okay, so here's I would buy a Leaf over the um, the electric Focus just due to the extended range. I would buy a BMW i3 oh, okay. <laughs> over a Focus Electric, um, just because lar- largely because of the range. I would even buy due to the like lower price point, bang for the buck. I would probably buy a smart car over an electric Focus. <laughs> It depends on what creature comforts you want to you, give up. You are right? an odd person, Tom. Try just, get, you can't even go put, out there and say that. You can't even put I, like a canoe on the top of a smart. I mean, I'm sure right. you could, but it, the canoe would be through. Is that a challenge? A canoe on the top? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Who do we know with a smart car? You, want, you wanted good YouTube content. Here you go. Put a canoe on top of a smart car. Now, the question is. Me and Adam know uh-huh. where to get uh-huh. We, we, me and Adam know where to borrow a smart would, car. So would I put it long ways or sideways? Hmm? <laughs> Speaking of smart cars, there's, there's, a, there's a guy in Germany that bought two smart cars to park on either side of his driveway because on the street, mind you, because he was concerned that people were parking too close to his driveway and he couldn't back his car out. And so he bought two smart cars just to park there all the time. And he'd move them every once in a while. But essentially, they were there just so that he had room to back his car <laughs> out of his driveway. It's like nice. the Chicago lawn chair trick. You can get them. Yeah, pretty much. You can get them kind of cheap. Oh, okay. So here, um, slight change in topic. Totally different direction, aside from the Chevy portion, I guess. I am curious what's you two engine heads, petrol, gear knob, whatever people. The preferred nickname um, is Greek What do you guys think? It- <laughs> Oh, right. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think of the new ZR1? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Are we talking in what capacity? Uh, never so mind. here's my issue with it, Tom. And, <laughs> oh, man, this is going to get real. We might have to edit this out later. 
The problem <laughs> I've always had with high-level Corvettes is that, in my mind, it just ends up being a too cheap of an Italian sports car. Like, it's it's an Italian sports car for a guy living in the double-wide, right? Like, it's... <laughs> It's never going to be. It wants to be an Italian sports car so bad, but it's just never going to get fingers typing and I understand furiously. That. <laughs> yeah, so there goes there goes any opportunity for me to ever work at GM just because they're listening to this. But I appreciate what it can do on the track. I appreciate the appeal of it. I just, from a personal standpoint, I love the Corvette. I love a base Corvette because it's a sports car that – you can get that's affordable just the higher trim levels i've personally never been a fan of i don't know we should go talk with jay and see if we can rent borrow his for a little while but i've but i mean so even i've had like i've driven the gt350r right the r track one and i've driven the boss 302 the laguna seca they're awesome cars but if i had one i'd have to have a membership to a track yeah, yeah, I, I see where you're going with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Otherwise, you're going to get in trouble with them. <laughs> or live yeah, in Colorado. Right? Or live in Colorado. Yeah, you'd go like a buck eighty and then zero one probably. So while I understand the appeal of it from a certain standpoint, the higher trim levels, the higher you go, the more, the less you can drive it in my mind. I guess that's how I look at it too. The less you can drive it. Yeah, yeah, I hear it because you're never going to get to it. It's not that I have the money. But it's it's kind of like why I would never buy a Lamborghini, right? Because oh, shots fired. Because <laughs> shots because fired. I would never be able to without having like without having a car condo on a track or something like that, right? Or access to one every weekend. You would never get to the capabilities of that car on an average road, right? right. You could you could take an on ramp doing one hundred and forty in a Lamborghini, yeah. right? Like. You just could. So I mean, but let's be honest. Are you just gonna you, drive around you, in 140 you, all the time? You would never you would never buy a Lamborghini because it's not a Ferrari. We're not farmers that make <laughs> tractors. This is true. This is true. <laughs> That's right. Anybody knows in the farming business, if you're gonna buy if you're that, gonna buy an you exotic s- tractor, oh, you're gonna buy a Porsche tractor. Wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. No one wait, so Mike was the only one that picked up. It is everyone in this podcast aware that Lamborghini started out with a tractor yes. guy. The guy made tractors. Because I'm the Lamborghini fan. Okay. Just yep. wanted to make sure. So at <laughs> least but our, our audience may not have been at aware. least I know that it was just not a funny joke. <laughs> you understood it. It just was no, not I a was funny just joke. I was personally offended because I'm the Lamborghini guy in the group. So <laughs> Yeah, you like that Urus or whatever that nasty vehicle is. <laughs> All right. And also too, I think you guys are missing the like you're confusing the the tangible benefits of owning a, a, a supercar. Which is supercar time. Aside, the, aside from hobnobbing with would, other people well, that like, own supercars, you get to crack a Bud Light and show your friends that come over. That, like, no, look that's at this the one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, this is actually where. Exactly. I, <laughs> right, exactly. That's where I feel like the the Corvette misses out because there are so many trend levels. Right, like you can buy a Corvette for fifty five thousand, or you can buy one for one hundred and fifty five thousand. Right, and it's still a Corvette. So if you want to get in that club, you have like everybody has access right so in the same problem with the mustang 
you know, like between the GT350R, which, you know, like I think MSRP is around 80, you can get a base Mustang for 23 or whatever, right? Um, but, you know, a tangible benefit of, you know, like you might not be able to use all the performance aspects With- of a Lamborghini, yeah. but if you're, if you're a single dude, there are other aspects of owning a Lamborghini that I've never had a girl be like sweet Mustang GT. That never happens. And did I did I say Mustang? I frown upon people that don't have at least a V8 Mustang. (laughs) You're driving a two door Fusion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm married. You know, like there's. I mean, have you seen the amount of space got, you have you know, in the engine bay in your car? Tom, I just want to go on the record as saying that you bought that car before you were married. Oh, man. The plot thickens. <laughs> man, you just won't let <laughs> me get away with anything, nope. Mike. God. Not at all. <laughs> all right. In the, in the interest of time and not boring our listeners with more uh, of Tom's secrets, let's hit an Alcan update. <laughs> I know. I've. Yeah. I've revealed a yeah. lot this time. Mostly Jeez. that no one at GM's <laughs> going to hire any of us. I think Adam's still got a chance. He hasn't said anything, but me and Tom have been blacklisted. We're also going to have the Highway Patrol keeping track of all yep. our license plates now, too. So there's that. I'm, I'm sure they already do mine anyway. So, so Alcan, update. The truck is moving along nicely. I have the cab on yes. the frame. Um, I don't think I have any. I, might have, I may have posted a picture, but I'm not sure. So I'll have to post a picture somewhere. Because the cab's on, the radiator's on. I've got radiator. There's four radiator hoses because like each half of the block. So a Ford, a Ford flathead V8, believe it or not, you can take one head off and the engine will still run because it is literally two four-cylinder engines that were just mated together and share a crankshaft now. But the, the architecture is still the same, right? So there's two water pumps. Each one feeds one half of the block. They don't cross over anywhere. And you can you can legit just have the thing running with one head off. So, yeah. Mike, this is the first fact that you've told me about this build that's actually made me a little bit more comfortable <laughs> about our journey. That we can have 50 horsepower if one half of the engine blows up. <laughs> yeah, the, all I'm going to say is... Don't look at those water hoses he bought, Tom. (laughs) There's going to be some stretching of water hoses involved. (laughs) There is going to be a little bit. Unfortunately, they don't don't quite make the right ones, so I'm working (laughs) with what I got. They may or may not work. I may may end up up fabbing some. I don't know. We'll see. The one time I was starting to feel better, immediately. How long was that? Five seconds? Uh, Did I get five seconds of feeling a little better? You may end up on the side of the road with the hood open with just... No well, pouring water bottles well, on the because if they if they won't if they won't quite make it the uh, the workaround is essentially you cut it in half and you splice in a piece of uh, steel pipe right well steel tube and you clamp it back up that way so that you can expand the distance and that's a fairly common way of making things work like this so um, I may have to go that route but but yeah I do have I have brakes I have fuel line I have coolant I don't have a fan. Um, but I have vacuum lines and a switch for the rear if, end, if, so I should be able to go places soon. If you cut the hose, doesn't that make two more places that it could leak? Time. Come on, clamps, <laughs> clamps. <laughs> yeah. Does your does your truck okay. leak? Yep. Nothing that a little bit Probably. of you can't. It's a fix. Ford. A little radiator stop leak. No, we shouldn't need any of that. I don't 
I don't know if you've used Elmer's glue, but that crap is water soluble, <laughs> my friend. That <laughs> it's not going to work. But, for but us, so it's, my point is that my anyway. truck is uh, it's kind of drivable. It's coming along, now. so it's coming along pretty well. I've got a lot of body work to do, yeah. but shy of the body work, I think we will have a functioning vehicle, Tom. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I even built anyway. the steering gearbox, yeah. so awesome. we've got a fresh steering gearbox and shit. So, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna need that to be flowing nice and loosey goosey as we're pushing it because it takes effort to push and turn the steering wheel. So it it'll be good if that's if it makes you feel any better. Rebuilt, better lubed up. Daisy, the shop dog, sniffed it out and she gave it the stamp of approval. She was <laughs> sniffing out all the car and she looked at me. She's like, "Yeah, it's good. Built well." That's good because I'm buying I'm buying a harness for her so that we can hook her up to exactly. it. Pull too. Are you gonna buy the reindeer antlers too? No, that just adds yes. drag. We need her. To Tom, be we don't have uh, enough room in that truck to bring a dog with us. I don't think. Daisy, the Iditarod dog. Uh, yeah, that's my update. That's where it is right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, actually, the goal is to get a video of it moving under yeah, its own oh, power happen, this month. Sure. Yeah, not this weekend. I've got. A, I have. I have other yes, project things cool. going on this weekend. Um, but yeah, probably next week cool yeah and we actually so we have some other stuff coming up too like cars and coffee things are starting to happen um there's yeah there's there's yeah you should start coming up yeah (laughs) don't jinx oh man yes we don't need more finally yeah i don't know that we can be jinxed any more than we have been i mean come on it's been rough and (laughs) on that note I think I think we can thank everyone for listening, and uh, tune in next week for more. What, whatever I don't know this what, is, what we're going off of next week, but tune in for more of this, I guess. Yeah, what, whatever this is, tune in for more. Yeah, more of whatever. Oh, and what, well, I mean, we could just read the public yeah, act verbatim. Next Tom, week, we want you know, more listeners, just, not less. We'll be reading the cease and cease and desist letter <laughs> from Corvette designers. <laughs> From from the Colorado police, <laughs> old retired guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. and jeans shorts. There's people in Denver listening to us. Exactly, retired guys in jean shorts. There's still guys that work there in jean shorts. This is true. I've seen it. <laughs> oh, you guys! All right. Well, hopefully we have. Hopefully we're still around next week. If. If we don't get sued out of existence, we'll try to record another podcast. <laughs>